From KUNR Reno Public Radio, this is Priced Out. A podcast about affordable housing. I'm Joey Lovato, and you're not Bree Zender. I am not. There is no replacing Bree Zender, but I am your editor, Michelle Billman. Bree is off reporting this week, so I'm stepping in. <laughs> well, I'm always glad to have you in, and I'm glad to have you this week. Um, so the main topic of this episode is the episode from our community conversation that we had here in Reno. It is an affordable housing forum. Yeah. For some context, we gathered local experts to give their perspective on possible housing solutions. And then we fielded questions from the audience. Our goal was like, how do we get beyond the radio to actually have a conversation with community members? Yeah. And, and we had a really good turnout. We wanted to thank everyone for coming or for streaming it online. There were some really good questions that sparked some informative answers and productive dialogue. And for those of you who couldn't make it, we have cut it down a bit uh, so that you can get the highlights of the night. Joey's going to take us through that. And you can also watch the whole video on our Facebook page. People are still doing that now. Yeah. And so, Michelle, what, what did you think of the forum? You know, I was really impressed, first of all, by how many people came out. I mean, that's like a really dense topic. It might not be what somebody wanted to do on their Wednesday night. And I just felt like a lot of people from different corners of the community came out, had excellent questions, really probing questions that I think the panelists had to really think about and um, engage with. And then I really liked that the panelists were focused on solutions and not just presenting the problem because everybody's been presenting this problem for a long time and we're all aware how deep it is now. So now we really need to be looking at are there concrete ideas to start the process of rectifying this situation? Yeah, I also I really liked I mean, I've been producing this podcast. so I've heard a lot of stories um, and I've, I've got a lot of information, but it, just how dense and complicated this this problem really is. I mean, there were lots of numbers being thrown around last or the other night. Um, and just and just how 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 much goes into making an affordable house? <laughs> it's not it's not an easy process. Uh, I also really liked that you know some of our presenters would bring up solutions um, like the the dormitory solution that we've got going on down, downtown right now. So the dormitory downtown, the, the project is kind of for people that really are are really low income and, and it's community living and there's no there's no single kitchen or bathroom for person. It's all shared living spaces. So that's what that is. Uh, and then sometimes our audience would not necessarily agree with that. And I think it's good to kind of have that community dialogue. You know, I think bringing up solutions and then not necessarily agreeing with them is still a good way of moving forward because we're learning a lot that way. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Joey, let's get into it. Uh, today you'll be hearing from Kim Robinson. She's the executive director of Truckee Meadows Regional Planning Agency. You'll hear from State Senator Julia Ratty. Eric Novak from Praxis Consulting and developer Eddie Halt from La Casa Development, Nevada. And just a note, you'll be hearing me interject throughout the episode to give a little bit more context and to clarify things. Um, we had the speakers prepare remarks breaking down what they're seeing at the ground level and what possible solutions or helpful alternatives they're aware of to really fix or mend this, this problem that we're having in the community. So in about 2016, the Regional Planning Agency, and what we do, just so you know, is we're responsible for the land use pattern and development across the region, and that's really Washoe County, the majority in the urban area. Uh, So we did a housing study for our region. It had been a while since one had been done, and one of the things that we found in 2016 was that approximately 55% of our community was priced out of being able to purchase a home, and that was when the purchase 
price was $275,000. Obviously, it's significantly more than that now. In fact, I think I heard last week we're up to $410,000. What that meant back then was that you needed a, a median, you needed a family income of $60,000 to be able to afford that home. Obviously, it's much, much closer to, I think, $85,000 at this point in time. So Truckee Meadows Regional Planning Agency, which Kim works for, and Truckee Meadows Health Communities partnered with a D.C.-based nonprofit called Enterprise. So what we've done is partner together, the three of us, on an affordable housing roadmap for our region. So we have approximately six strategy areas that we're considering at this point in time. Um, One is to support production of more rental housing that is affordable to low-income households. Some supportive tools around that would be a regional housing trust fund, inclusionary zoning, and using public land to build housing. Uh, Focus area number two is to support development of more diverse housing options. So one of the things that we did find in our study is that majority of households in the community are one to two people. Our houses, um, our units don't necessarily coincide with that. We see something that's kind of much larger. Our third strategy focus area is to help more residents access some some home ownership opportunities. Um, Number four is to improve the quality of existing affordable rental and home ownership options. Um, Also, number five is to preserve the affordability of the existing rental stock. So instead of having some of that stock that has been been part of the market for affordable housing, we want to make sure that we keep that in place. And our last strategy focus is to protect residents from housing displacement. So that was Kim Robinson from the Truckee Meadows Regional Planning Agency. Next, we have State Senator Julia Ratty. And just some context, Senator Ratty headed up a committee during the interim between the two-year legislative sessions that we have here in Nevada looking into affordable housing in the state. What we what, a re, what we really looked at was what, what are other states doing? Um, where can we have the most bang for our buck? Where can the state make the best effort? Government doesn't do a good job of building houses or building apartments. It's not our best role. Um, we need to have a strong partnership with private developers, and private developers have the tools and the financing that they need to be able to support affordable housing development. The second thing is that money matters. Um, so the market, the free market system doesn't necessarily result in developers building affordable housing for the extremely low income or low income members of our society. So there are interventions where government can play a role in making sure that those developers have the tools that they need to have some incentive to build housing for the lowest end of the income spectrum in our community. And just to give you a sense of the scale of the problem, in Washoe County, we have about 7,700 units or so available that are fixed at an affordable level. But based on our income levels, what we need is 41,000. So we've got 19% of what we need. Now, what I'd like to pause here and say is we also have a wage problem. Like, there's two ways to solve that problem, right? One is to have more affordable units, but the other is to have more people making a higher wage so that they can afford the inventory that we have available. Senator Ratty goes on to talk about how the affordable housing crunch is impacting vulnerable Nevadans. These are folks who are probably not going to increase their income. They're going to be at a fixed income because they're getting, you know, a social security check or a disability check and they're living at a relatively low income, right? It's so much more cost effective to keep somebody housed than it is for them to lose their housing and then become homeless and then try to find them housing again. So this is really a homelessness prevention strategy. What it does is it takes Medicaid dollars and it reinvests those dollars into case managers who provide what's known as housing support. They get that support from that case manager to keep them housed. And then the third piece is um, all local governments are sort of 
part of the state, if you will. They um, often need NRS changes or uh, law changes at the state level to be enabled to do certain things. And so one of the last thing that we did was make sure that local governments have the flexibility to be able to lower permitting fees or impact fees for affordable housing if they choose to do so, which would help then more affordable housing developers bring on units. Okay, so we know that that's been a lot of information from Kim Robinson and Senator Julia Ratty. And so we're going to have a little bit of a music break here so that you can kind of get your head around it and prepare to hear from Eric Novak and Eddie Holt. So that was Senator Julia Ratty, and now we have Eric Novak from Praxis Consulting. They're a group that helps assemble financing for affordable housing projects, and they've worked on almost 50 affordable housing projects across the U.S. And the way they get financing is through low-income housing tax credits, bonds, grants from states and local governments, and several other means. But we really depend on mission-driven, experienced developers to do our work, and so we work with a number of developers in Washoe County, the Reno Housing Authority, Silver Sage Manor. Um, vintage housing, Green Street Development, who are the real heroes. They're the ones who are identifying the land, they're assembling the development teams, they're um, uh, getting the entitlements, the zoning and permits, and, and taking the risk to make affordable housing projects happen. And it's, it's really difficult work. Um, when we talk about affordable housing, we're talking about a subsector of the housing market, and it's, it, it's important to understand that. There's lots of housing types that people might consider to be affordable, or used to be like a motel, that are inexpen- maybe inexpensive, but they're not what, we're, what we consider to be affordable housing. So affordable housing typically has tenants pay a reduced rent to live there. Um, either it's set as some percentage of uh, the area median income, or they're paying a percentage of their income It's permanent housing, it's not temporary, it's not transitional, Um, you get a lease. Um, And the housing has to meet certain um, livability standards that are sort of monitored by third parties to make sure that uh, the housing is uh, kept up to, um, you know, the highest standard. I think some people don't realize that the affordable housing, that we have a lot of affordable housing in our community, um, about 7,800 units, and they're all over the place. Northern Nevada, Washoe County gets about enough 9% tax credits each year to do 40 units, and that's a drop in the bucket. That was Eric Novak from Praxis Consulting Group, and now on to the final speaker of the night, Eddie Holt with La Casa Development Nevada. What I'm trying to concentrate now is what I call gap housing. 
gap housing is that housing that's about 75 to 95% of market. Uh, those people that can't quite get to the market rate, especially the skyrocketing prices and rents that are going up in this area. What happens is that no income or a affordable housing developer, you have to work twice as hard. A typical developer buys land, buys water, and that's the other thing Eric didn't mention. It's not just land getting land, it's water. Trust me. So I have to go backwards. The developer, just like I said, builds his platform and says, okay, I'm gonna make, I want to make this much profit or I'm not going to build. I have to go backwards. I have to say, well, I have to build a house that a person that has $50,000 income, family, and build backwards, and how do I do that? I, I do it in a series of steps. Uh, number one, I, I go out and just search and search and search and try to find and negotiate prices on land and water. I've been very fortunate to do that and, and set my last seven projects. Uh, I just bought a piece of property, another piece of property in Dayton that I bought at about 70% of value, uh, only because I was able to promise some tax credits, uh, not low housing type tax credits, but other type of tax credits that you can get as a land seller. That's probably my biggest problem in affordable housing, is trying to get the counties and the cities and the organizations to work with you and trying to do it. I tell them, hey, if you give me a little abatement of a permit, you're going to make it back over in property taxes. So right now, you can still buy a 1,500-square-foot uh, home out in Dayton for about 265 270 But that's the steps that you have to do. These programs allow these people to come in that couldn't afford those, but maybe could afford 15% less. So I use their programs to help a step-up program. I, like I said, I've worked with low-income housing tax credits. There's, a lot of, there's money out there for low-income. We just have to find it. We have to have developers that aren't scared to do it. It's not easy. My, again, concentration is in gap housing, which I think we're not serving. And that's what I think our biggest problem is. All right, so we know that, that was a lot of information to absorb in a short amount of time. But if you are still interested and you want to hear more, you can check out the Facebook live feed where we've got the whole hour and a half community conversation with lots of questions and answers afterward. We had some really, really informative and really good thought-provoking questions from the audience that you can hear on the Reno Public Radio Facebook. Thank you for listening to this episode of Priced Out. If you want to learn more about the series and see pictures and videos, you can visit our website. It's KUNR.org. The music in today's episode was by Freedom Trail Studio. Our original theme song, which bookends every episode of this podcast, is by the band People With Bodies, and you can hear them playing around Reno. Michelle Billman, that's you. Yes, sir. <laughs> You're our editor extraordinaire, and Michelle Matus is the best darn digital producer this side of the Mississippi. We once again want to thank Kim Robinson, Senator Raddy, Eric Novak, and Eddie Holtz uh, for taking the time to talk to our audience. And we would like to thank Moana Nursery for hosting the event. I'm Joey Lovato. And I'm Michelle Billman. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.